Hello everyone, I am Michael. I am your host for this episode of Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be discussing the depaganization of Matthew chapters 26 and 27. There is quite a lot of information to cover in this episode, so I may need to end about the middle of chapter 27. No worries though, I will continue chapter 27 in the next episode if needed. The first note for chapter 26 is about verse 2 and the omission of the phrase, to be crucified. The phrase would not have been spoken by Jesus because he would not have told his disciples the specifics of his demise. He did tell them that he would suffer and die, but he was not that specific. It was heretics who altered the text thinking that the added specificity made more sense to them after the fact. But it has been a curse of fraud for them to have done this. The paganization of the text requires clarifying the truth in such details as this one. While it might have seemed harmless, a falsehood is a curse. The next note is about verse 24, which reads, The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. This is actually a verbatim reference to text appearing in the book of Enoch. The quotation has been completely and intentionally ignored by scholars as a quote from the book of Enoch and the editors of the Amplified Bible fraudulently attempted to connect it to Psalms chapter 41 verse 9, which is vainly out of context. Pagans and heretics have denied the connection between Christ and the book of Enoch prophecy because they were unable to editorialize it, the same as they did other documents no longer existing. The book of Enoch exists separately from the Bible, and heretics have not included it because it tells God's eternal truth. There is a reason the book of Enoch has been excluded from the Holy Bible. The Antichrist has not been able to alter its content because it was not among the other texts in the compilation that became the cursed text. The Slavonic translation of the book of Enoch has discredited the text for centuries prior to the discovery of the text in 1773 and the Dead Sea Scrolls. The next note is about the omission of verse 26. The offering of bread as a symbol of consuming flesh and was a pagan editorialization and heresy insinuating that the consumption of bread and wine is flesh and blood is a sacrament or a blessing. This practice has always been a pagan ritual and Christ would not have done this. Pagans inserted this event into all four of the testimonies. It was not a valid tradition for Jews to do this, and Galileans would not have accepted this either, because it was not acceptable as a symbolic covenant to drink wine as though it were blood or eat bread as flesh. This pagan ritual has been part of the curse of Melchizedek, and it has been removed. Pagan heretics created the premise of blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin, and the purpose of the Melchizedekian curse has been to validate the lie as though it were relevant in the time of Abraham and David. The crucifixion of Jesus was not a pagan blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. He was murdered by pagan Romans and heretic Jews who cursed humanity with God's wrath to come. Christ died because of our sins, not for the forgiveness of our sins as a human flesh and blood sacrifice. The ideology of a flesh and blood ritual is paganistic in its entirety. The next note is about the omission of verse 30. When they had sung a hymn has been omitted. It is evidence of pagan editorialization because hymnotic singing was not invented until the Middle Ages. 
The editorialization becomes dated by this identification to have occurred in the Middle Ages, and it is an anachronism that proves these lines were injected by heretics much later in time than the initial editing that occurred during the creation of the paganized version by Roman heretics. Most of the identified editorializations throughout these notations occurred during the time of the Second Temple period and the first few hundred years of the early church, but this one about singing hymns is evidence that will further support the discussion of how the fraudulent testimony of John was also created about the Middle Ages. The next note is about verse 51, which says, Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one among the throng of people who gathered to hear the words of Jesus drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. In this version, the person drawing a sword is not identified. But in other testimonies, Peter was named as the person who drew a sword. It is plausible that this occurred, but there is no clear validation that it was Peter who drew a sword. An alternate examination of this event will appear in the other testimonies that include this occurrence. The next note is about the omission of verses 53 and 54. What has been omitted is, Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it that say it must happen in this way? The omitted text is an example of the pagan attempt to mischaracterize Jesus as a man who would exalt himself in contradiction of his own words. The pagan heretics injected various passages in their fraudulent editorializations, insinuating that Christ exalted himself, and they were all curses of fraud being removed in this deep paganized version. The next note is about an omission of part of verse 63, which now reads, But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ. What has been omitted is the Son of God. The attempt of the pagan editors to fraudulently equate the term of Christ with Son of God within this text is evidence of ignorance because the meaning of Christ is not synonymous with Son of God. It has never been the Greek meaning of the word, but it has been pagan Romans who translated the word Christ to mean Son of God. It has never been stated as such in the book of Enoch, and Enochian prophecy clearly tells that such a thing as God or an angel impregnated a human female to have offspring is a violation of God's own principles of morality in the universe. By God's own decree, spiritual beings cannot have offspring with beings of flesh and blood. Christ means the anointed one, a man chosen by God to fulfill prophecy, and Son of God refers to an angel of God's own creation in heaven. Pagans and heretics have claimed that the meaning of the anointed one, the Christ, is equivalent to being Son of God. This error results from the exclusion of the book of Enoch by heretics during the Second Temple period. They rejected the book as being incompatible because Enochian prophecy proves that the beliefs of pagan Romans were the teachings of the fallen angels and Satan, who was the son of God, and an angel who rebelled to go down to the earth and have offspring of his own in violation of God's laws, separating spiritual beings from beings of flesh and blood. The last note for chapter 26 is about a correction of verse 64, which now says, Yes, it is as you say. Then he said, I say to all of you, in the future you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven.
This has been corrected to reveal the truth of Christ's words and his character as a man with humility. The validity of this correction is confirmed in Matthew chapter 27 verse 12. Jesus' response to refer to himself as son of man and God is the mighty one who will come to the earth on judgment day with a host of angels and Christ will have the powers of the archangel Gabriel to bring the spirits of heaven and earth together for the glory of God in what has been termed the rapture. The first note in chapter 27 is about the omission of verses 8 through 10. That is why it has been called a field of blood to this day has been omitted. And the misquotation of Jeremiah as evidence of fraudulent pagan editorialization. Attributing the event of 30 pieces of silver to a prophecy in Jeremiah is completely erroneous and a curse of fraud because the prophecy appears in Zechariah chapter 11 verses 12 through 13. The error has the intent to be a curse of falsehood and that curse is removed the potter's field was a burial place for the indigent and it had nothing to do with judas iscariot the price of the field in jeremiah was 17 pieces of silver so the entire reference is completely fraudulent the location is not known as the field of blood today the next note is about a correction in in verse 11 which says meanwhile jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him are you the king of the jews It is as you say, Jesus replied. The reality of culture in the region at that time as it continues to this day was to provide a passive response to avoid an argument or conflict by saying, it is as you say. The correction is more appropriately the response Jesus made because he said this previously. Jesus would have said this statement to be non-confrontational. Jesus taught others to avoid conflict. Resisting the accusations or defending himself would have been contrary to his teachings. He was submitting to their persecutions by not exalting himself, but he was not admitting to the guilt of their fraudulent accusations. Pagan Romans did not understand the cultural meaning or purpose of the original statements that alluded an argument or conflict, and they intentionally misquoted the response in order to fraudulently prove that Jesus said he was the Son of God. He would not and did not say he was the Son of God because that was a blasphemy in Judaism. It was acceptable in Roman mythology, but it was never acceptable in Judaism. Verse 12 has a similar correction to say, When he was accused of claiming to be the Son of God by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer, or he said, It is as you say. The next note is about an omission in verse 17. What has been omitted is the phrase, Who is called Christ? It had the purpose of fraudulently insinuating that Jesus was not the Christ. The sentiment in this line is Antichrist, and it is evidence of the curse created by the pagan Antichrist. The depaganization of Matthew chapter 1 verse 16 alters that text to say that Jesus was the Christ, which removed the Antichrist cursed. Pilate's statement was a curse that really has no purpose for being stated other than to be a curse, and it is now removed. The next note is about the admission of verse 25. What has been omitted was, all the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. The purpose of this line has been to fraudulently validate the pagan premise that the blood of Jesus was shed for the forgiveness of people's sin. Jesus did not die for the forgiveness of sin, and his blood remains in the hands of the pagan Romans and heretic Jews who murdered him. The pagan Romans added this line to the testimony in an effort to fraudulently blame the crime of murdering Jesus to be on the people of that time when it has always been on the hands of the Romans. Pilate's washing of his hands is the dichotomy of baptism. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. 
I will continue covering Matthew 27 in the next episode along with chapter 28. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.